855 453. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. 855 450 3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about, but we've got a guest on tonight, and I want to bring him on right now. His name's Michael Bastian. Michael, you there? Yes, I am. Excellent. So um, I brought you on. You have written a book recently, and it's called. It's called The Common Sense Clicker Guide to Online Dating. So you've got some advice to on, for online daters, is that correct? Yes. So, um, you know, lay it on me. What's the advice for online daters? <laughs> well, online dating is becoming much more a part of our society than it used to be. It's Absolutely. It's now very much accepted. And what? Isn't it like one in, tw- um, one in five people, um, one in five couples? Yep. Something like that? That's correct. One in five couples are finding each other online these days. And um, what we're finding out is that, just like in the Wild West, there's very few rules and regulations that are guiding how people interact online. And so what happens is there's a hodgepodge of mistakes, um, missteps, and people have a lot of misunderstandings when they try to communicate online. And sometimes that gets in the way of the actual relationship stuff that they should be focusing on. So my book tries to talk about uh, some ways to get around that and have some common ways of communicating so that everybody's on the same page. So what are some of the things that people do wrong when they're uh, dating online? Well, one of the main things that someone does online that uh, they really should improve is that they don't fill out their profiles completely. They don't take it seriously. They'll end up maybe writing a line or two saying something like, uh, you know, just testing the waters. And that's yeah. really not go- going to be adequate to describe yourself uh, to a person who's interested in you. I don't date online, but I certainly have, uh, you know, these social net- have had social networking accounts, and they ask you for all your information as far as what your hobbies are and all that stuff. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't have that many hobbies. I'm not interested in filling this out. So I've done that same thing. And so what is what is the advantage to be had by uh, filling all that information out and and what should one and when one fills it out what uh, what should they have an eye towards Well relationships from the beginning are all about communication and your online profile is really your best foot forward and it communicates for you even when you're sleeping So rather than try to explain some of your hobbies and interests to every person that you're potentially interested in your profile allows you to be um, heard, I guess, by hundreds or even thousands of people without even really exerting yourself um, all those times over. Okay, so this is uh, Jason, by the way. And so uh, fill it out, but what kind of information? I mean, um, you should. would you recommend just people be themselves, or should they try to use humor? Well, people should be themselves. Um, if you are good at humor, you definitely want to try and use that. Um, some of the main things you want to pay attention to when you're filling out your profile is to make sure you talk about what you like to do in your spare time, what you are looking for in a relationship. Um, Your pictures are extremely important. A lot of people um, do pictures as sort of an afterthought. What you really want to do is have a full body picture as well as a face shot so somebody can see what you look like. And it should be a recent photograph because... uh, there's a lot of times people put up an older photograph because they think someone's looking for the younger, thinner them. And in reality, 
um, there's different tastes for everyone. And so just because you might not look like a supermodel doesn't mean that someone won't find you extremely attractive. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to cause, I would think, a bad situation if you present to anyone, um, you know, somebody who is not you and, you know, that relationship matures to the point that you're going out on a date or something like that. And then they they are, you know, faced with something that they didn't think that they were um, going to be dealing with. Right. Correct. And that happens quite often. I've heard I've done a few interviews with uh, singles and talked about their experiences and what they liked and what they disliked about online dating. And one of the main complaints was that the person does not look like the person in the picture. And uh, that's important because looks do matter. And And I should say again that it's not that you need to look like a supermodel. It's just that you need to be able to show the true you so that the person out there who's attracted to your type can find you. But what if nobody's attracted to your type? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hesitate to ever say that no one is attracted to a specific type because there's uh, millions and millions of different people out there and uh, there's different tastes, different strokes for different folks. So but, no one should ever be afraid to show what they really look like. But you're putting yourself out there as a commodity, essentially, by putting um, yourself on a dating site. And if nobody's taken the bait, then uh, I'm... I mean, maybe that means you need to do a few sit-ups, or, uh, but a lot of people will just try to find a flattering photo of them. And if they're morbidly obese, you know, maybe it's cropped pretty uh, closely. That's true. And um, what, what's important to remember is that there's different, different tastes. People have different tastes. And yeah. if you don't feel attractive or you don't feel confident, the best thing to do is really to look inside yourself, get to know yourself before you start dating, because it's all about communication and it's all about clarity. So if you're uh, sort of very much feeling like an underdog all the time, uh, you need to work on self-esteem before you can actually be a good partner for somebody dating. That's good advice. So um, I have seen, I've heard uh, that online um, people who are, say, larger might take pictures above them. So they'll look directly, you know, they'll hold the camera above their head or just off to an angle um, from, you know, straight up and down. And they'll look at the camera and it'll show their body from a top down uh, perspective, which I guess will make them uh, thinner. Have you have you heard of this phenomenon? And is that a would that fit into your full body um, picture or not? Well, I have seen that phenomenon, and in the Common Sense Clicker, I talk about the fact that it's important to really not make assumptions about what other people find attractive. They yeah. do do that top-down photograph, and that's really sort of a uh, – it's not an accurate representation. And, and the sad thing is that there's a lot of people out there who prefer uh, curvy women. They're called BBWs. Sure. And when they take pictures of only their face, they're depriving themselves of all of the people who are attracted to their type. In, indeed, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's hard to say um, what you know what, what somebody likes and and what they don't like. And you had said something about sort of you know we're talking about accurate pictures here. What about pictures of say I mean I've. Uh, of people that are not themselves at all. I mean, we're not talking about when they were, you know, five years ago when they were thinner or even 10 years ago when they uh, had more, uh, less gray hair or, you know, whatever it is that they might be trying to hide. But just a picture that they, that somebody has gotten off the Internet and put on there that they want to, I don't know, talk, chat to people online. Certainly this uh, phenomenon occurs for people. Yes, it does. And it's, it's quite frequent. Um, one of the things that you can do to... Uh, make sure that this is not happening is one, make sure that they have multiple pictures of the same person. But oftentimes that'll happen 
uh, to men, meaning that you'll see a picture of a scantily clad woman who looks gorgeous, and she sends you an email and uh, asks for your phone number, your contact information. And what that is, it's basically uh, spam sites that are meant to get your personal information and uh, solicit you for money. Yeah, they're phishing, essentially. Yes. So um, what, this, uh, a woman in her underwear will ask you for money is essentially the, uh, the, the, the scam there? <laughs> well, I mean... Exactly, because they know that men will fall for it very and, often. And so you're saying uh, do not send them money? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would advise against that. Okay. Right. So are, are all, are most of the people that, I mean, so if you go on a dating site and, for instance, you find some uh, person there who's, who's on, should you try to check and make sure that they are the, you know, the, they are the person in the pictures? Is there some way to do this? I'm, I'm just wondering. I know that the, the internet's full of fakers. I'm not exactly sure why they do what they do. Maybe they're bored. I, you got me. Right. Well, some of them are bored. Some of them are, like we said, they're trying to get money, and others have uh, very low self-esteem, so they don't want to actually show themselves. So the best thing to do is to carry on an email correspondence with them. Oftentimes, the fakers will um, sort of bow out after a few emails without getting your personal information. And if the, if the conversation proceeds, you can ask them to upload a new picture or ask to exchange pictures via your email address, and that's a good way to really check and see that the person is who they say they are. Michael, if you will hold um, for just a second, I want to talk to you some more. You know, I've uh, Jason, I've uh, noticed that there's a lot of, when I'm online, I'll notice a lot of prick pictures of very attractive women who live in my town and want to meet me. <laughs> and I, really, I want to ask uh, Michael about that. 855-450-FREE. If you've got any questions about online dating, we'll be talking to uh, Michael Bastian here in the next segment. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in and talk about what you'd like to talk about. But we are doing a little interview here with Michael Bastien of the commonsenseclicker.com. dot com. He's written a book, the uh, Common Sense Clicker Guide to Online Dating. But first, have you heard of my solar backup? Have you bought one? Are you unimpressed? When a solar backup system grows up, it wants to be the SG-1, Solar Generator by Sound Wisdom. The SG-1 lets you start small and expand your system at your own pace until it's no longer a backup. By running uh, parts of your house or even the whole house, um, you can use the SG-1 
to either back up, say, a refrigerator and a freezer and you know maybe your water pump if you've got a well or something like that, or you can grow it out to run your whole house. This is the only solar generator that can do this, that you can turn into a whole house system and it's the only generator out there. If you have a uh, you know gas generator or propane generator or something like that, it only works when the power goes out. This thing's working all the time. It's a comparable price. Check it out at freetalklivesolar.com. It's a great system, freetalklivesolar.com. Let's go back to Michael. Michael, you there? Yes, I am. So these, uh, these girls, when I'm online, that have all their uh, pretty pictures there that live right in my town and want to meet me. They're, hor- they're horny also. Uh, are, th- are they really there? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, no, they're not there. And you, you bring up a very interesting phenomenon. A lot of times those are webcam sites, and they use your IP address to find out where you're located. And then an automated program will then put into the uh, chat message, you know, girls waiting for you in such and such an area. And really, when you click on that, you'll find that it's, just another spam site, and it's really not a person there on the other side. And they don't want to meet Mark. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. So, um, I mean, you know, the, the Internet seems to be full of, 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 of pitfalls for those that are uh, dating online. But there certainly are people out there that, that are trying to meet other people. And, you know, there's sites like OkCupid, um, Match.com. There's the, uh, I don't know, a couple of others that uh, they're escaping me. It's not like it's the, the most important thing on, on my mind. I'm married, so it's, it's not going to work out for me. It's going to be <laughs> oh, real no, bad no. news. There's, uh, there's dating sites for uh, men and women who are married and want to have extramarital affairs. Uh, there's a, there's they just a, want my money, I can assure you. There's a dating site for everything, right? Oh, God. Yes, there there really is. There's dating sites for all types of interests, body types, anything that you can imagine. The trick is um, how many members are actually on that given site. Because if you go to the site uh, and it's specializing in one thing and you see that there's only maybe two people in your area, it's really not worth it for you to sign up or pay money for. Certainly not to pay money for. So right. what 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 are the best sites for people? I mean, how, what's the best way to figure out a site? Because I mean, you could spend you could spend the it's be a full time job uploading um, your pictures and profiles to every site. Right, you're you're totally right. And the site that I always recommend is Match. dot com because it has the most members. Um, it has a lot of variety of people. Your area is usually filled with at least several dozen people that are active on the site. And it also has a good safety features that allow you to remain anonymous until you're ready to give out your um, your private information to that individual. So Match.com, I believe, costs money if you want to uh, be on there, I think. I mean, that's certainly what I've heard. Is that an advantage or a disadvantage? It's very much an advantage because uh, when you're surfing the free sites, number one, uh, it can be full of people that are looking to use the site to sell you things so they can fill out profiles ad nauseum, whereas with a Match.com, they have to pay. And uh, that weeds out some of the spammers, but it also weeds out uh, persons that might not be of interest, that might not be exactly upwardly mobile. So what about uh, free sites like uh, OkCupid? Uh, Would you recommend them? I would recommend them with a caveat. I would say that when you're surfing those sites, be very careful, uh, like I said, for people that are pretending to be others. Um, And it's really important to assess the other person's level of interest in the whole dating uh, scenario. 
So if someone's willing to really pay money to uh, find the love of their life, it means that they're serious about it. So, uh, and you know, and to me, that seems like a, um, you know, it's a noble cause, no doubt. There are probably people who are listening right now that just want to hook up on a, uh, a site. I mean, certainly there, there seems to be a lot of advertising for towards that. So I would assume that there's demand out there. Is there, uh, you know, I mean, does that actually work or is, uh, is, is online dating really set up for people who really want to date? Online dating is for everyone, so you can find the love of your life or just a lover right now. There are sites that allow you to um, upload pictures that are a little bit more risque, and they're geared towards helping you find somebody who will uh, have sort of a friends-with-benefit relationship. Now, um, one other thing that we we kind of brushed across, but I really want to get back to it, is we were talking about which kind of pictures should we upload as the uh, person who is uh, doing the um, pursuit of um, online folks. But what kind of pictures should you look for of, um, you know, the people that are out there that have uh, put things up? Well, you want consistency. So you want to make sure that when you look at one picture after another of that same person, that it is indeed that same person. Uh, you also want to make sure that you find pictures with someone having a full body pose because that tells you a lot about their state of mind. It tells you about their confidence level. And it also uh, saves you time. It makes it more efficient so that you don't have to end up uh, corresponding for you know, months or weeks and then find out that the person really wasn't, uh, you know, you weren't really attracted to that person. How many how many pictures um, would you what, what should I expect to see on a dating st- site from a person? Because you know the the fewer pictures, the the easier it would be for them to you know just put up a headshot and I say, oh, that's a really pretty person. I'm willing to take the chance that uh, you know whatever that she's missing a limb or whatever it is that uh, you know I might be concerned about. Well, people need to remember that uh, human beings evolved. Uh, not to do online dating. We evolved to meet in person. So we pick up a variety of visual cues from the people that we meet as well as, you know, smelling their pheromones, other things like that. So dating online is really uh, uh, half of a proxy, really, for meeting in person. So with that being said, it's important to keep that in mind so that you upload as many pictures as possible. So I would say you'd want to have a minimal of about four or five pictures. Now, I would imagine there are people that uh, meet too quickly, that choose to meet people too quickly online and people that choose to wait too long. What is What are the disadvantages to going too quickly and waiting too long, and what's the optimum amount of time? Well, the disadvantages to jumping into something too quickly is that you look a little bit desperate, and uh, you also don't give enough time to vet that person to see what they're really like. I, in fact, talk about some of these safety tips on thecommonsenseclicker.com about how it's important to really sort of assess who you're talking to. So an optimal amount of time is that you, you want to email with someone on the dating service for maybe a couple of weeks and then move on to a personal email address or telephone call. And then maybe after a week or two of doing that and corresponding, then you set up your date. It always should be your first date should always be in a public place for safety. Michael Bastian from the Common Sense Clicker's Guide to Dating. Say, say it for me, commonsenseclicker.com? Thecommonsenseclicker.com, yes. The Common Sense Clicker Guide to Online Dating. Free Talk Live.
855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. It's live Tuesday night edition with Mark. And Jason. You can call in at 855-450-3733 on our toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI and talk about whatever is on your mind. Who is SACL CAI, you ask? SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. They'll do it for your business. They'll do it with respect for your customers. All the ways that you wish that your customers were treated, the principal over there, Jason Osborne, makes sure that his employees at SACL CAI do. Not only do they um, are they trained in treating your customers with respect, but that all the calls are recorded so that you can go back and listen just to make sure that that's the case. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Let's, Jason, are you ready for this? All right, let's give it a shot. Okay, let's go to Scott the Bigot in Massachusetts. Scott? Good evening, uh, gentlemen. How are you? All is well. Excellent. Thank you. You, sir? Uh, I'd like to discuss with you the disintegration of America. Okay. Uh, this, nation, this nation is going to collapse very soon. Do you think that the other nations aren't going to collapse? Because, I mean, there seem that, to be that, a lot of nations having a lot of collapsing problems. That, that very well may, may be the case. Uh, Europe... Uh, even though there was a little optimism, I don't buy it. Uh, I'm hoping that America will disintegrate, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping it will disintegrate because uh, I hate I hate democracy. I hate capitalism. What's uh, capitalism? Other, what's that? What is capitalism? Democracy capitalism means voting is, for things, right? Capitalism is a system whereby people uh, uh, set up businesses uh, to make lots of money. Uh, am I against money? I am in the sense that when one person has $10 billion, like a George Soros, uh, and another person uh, uh, can't even uh, put food on his table for his family, uh, I, uh, I'm, against, I, I'm, I'm opposed to capitalism. So what if, um, like, let's say there was no government, yet a pure free market and a, a, a George Soros type has $10 billion, wouldn't that mean that he provided so much value, like things that people wanted, that they chose to give him this much money? George Soros is not a manufacturer, for instance. Like no, no, no. As, an, as an example, um, yeah. you know, or it doesn't have to be a manufacturer, maybe, um, you know, sells advertising or, you know, as a news network or, or things like that. Um, but he's providing enough value where people choose to voluntarily give them money. Isn't that a, success, a sign of that person is doing something right? Uh, he's doing right for himself. He's lying and himself. Of, I hear what you're saying. And a lot he's of other people. Your, he's giving people some jobs. He has to answer your question. But for the most part, he's enriching himself. Well, I don't know, uh, uh, Scott, just, just one second. So um, you know how a, cash, uh, how a transaction works, right? So like, um, yeah. you know, if, if, you're, if I'm a purveyor of hamburgers and you are a person who wishes to have one, and my hamburgers cost $5, you... Either you have $5 and you either are willing to buy one of my hamburgers or you're not willing to buy one of my hamburgers. And that is how the the value is set for you. Each individual decides for themselves what the value of my hamburgers are. And the ones that believe that they are above $5 will slap down 5 bucks, get a hamburger. And the ones who believe that it is not worth $5 will not. And that's how transactions work. Now, I'll grant you that rich people have gotten rich in a variety of different ways. Only some of them got rich by providing services in the marketplace. Others got rich by, you know, their their cronies in government helping them out, or perhaps some people got rich by stealing or, or hurting people or something like that. But 
I think a lot of rich people got there, by, or and people inherit money too. I think a lot of people got there though by providing great service. The, the America that I'm talking about is Wall Street, that has destroyed America. Uh, Goldman Sachs, Bear Stearns, uh, for the most part, uh, Jewish international Jewish bankers. And what I'm, my point is, three is minutes one, and eighteen seconds. Yeah, the <laughs> I, reason why I bet I Jason that it was going to be um, in less than a minute, so I lose. The reason why we I want to see America bring up the Jewish conspiracy. The reason why I want to see America disintegrate is, like I said, I hate capitalism, I hate democracy, because I, and I hate equality. I'd like to see, and I hate communism, so I'd like to see fascism in this country, and it's not far-fetched that, that it could happen. It comes to a fork in the road. Fascism comes in two parts. A, fascism under Mussolini's Italy, or B, national socialism, or if you will, Nazism, under Adolf Hitler. And this is what you would like? I'd like to see in America. I'd like to see national socialism okay, so in, you, for America. So you hate the Jews, and you want to see um, a, a Fourth Reich in America, uh, a, a new Nazi party. If you will, yes. I'd like to see in America, for white Aryan Christian America, I'd like to see in America where uh, working class Christian people are not are not being uh, uh, economically persecuted, mm-hmm. disenfranchised by by greedy evil Jewish Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I want to see an America where, where would the white Jews Christian go, Scott? people are not disenfranchised by blacks, Hispanics, mm. and other non-whites. Where would I the, want to see an America. Yeah. Scott, Scott, you, you're, where you're would good. the Jews, the blacks, and the Hispanics go? I'm glad you mentioned that point. It's, it so happened I, 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 I'm one step out of it. I did think about it before I bet you did. this call. I'd like the Jews to go to Madagascar. Madagascar. That's an that's a, 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 an, an island off of uh, off of Africa. Why Madagascar? Like, it's far away where they can't do harm to the world. Oh well, where, I, where they can't where they can't uh, uh, control world currency, world market. So what about my my girlfriend? Um, she's Jewish. Would you want my girlfriend to go to Madagascar? All Jews? Let me explain. International Jews, particularly. She has traveled uh, internationally before. Let me explain what I mean by international Jews, so your audience will know. International Jews are like a George Soros. International Jews are like a Lloyd Blankfein that control Goldman Sachs. International Jews are like a, a, a Salzburger the Salzburger family that own the New York Times. They are international Jews that have become extremely wealthy, extremely powerful. I think you've made the point. Now, um, now, so you're saying that people that would not be Jews, that would not be considered international Jews, would they be able to take, say, a loyalty oath to whatever this fascist government is that you're hoping for in the future and still stick around? I would prefer to see, if I could, to answer your question, I would prefer to see all Jews uh, uh, go. To Madagascar? You like, yeah. you like now, how, con- how Jewish is somebody who's Jewish? Because I actually took a DNA test online, Scott, and it turns out that I have I, – I spit in this tube, and I sent it off to someplace, and it turns out that I have markers for what they call Ashkenazi uh, Jewish markers. And so somewhere deep in the recesses of, uh, of, of my uh, genealogy, there was a Jew lurking about. And I'm wondering, am I Jewish? And if I could live – almost 40 years without knowing this, could you? And if it could be you, then what about other people? I mean, are we going to test everybody, have them all spit in little jars and uh, wait around until we find out whether or not they're Jewish or not? And if so, we, we pop them on the boat and send them to Madagascar? I hate to say this. Even Adolf Hitler, there's been rumors that he was a quarter percent Jewish. <gasps> they, they, they say that he could have had a Jewish grandmother. Uh, a lot Madagascar. of people may not be aware of that. 
He was petrified of that. That scared him the hell all of his life. To his dying day, he did not know that. Uh, but to answer your question, let's be honest. A lot of over generations, over centuries, we don't know what who we in, our ancestors. Sure, everyone, everyone to some to some degree. You have to be ignorant to, to everyone to some degree has mixed blood. The SS were so petrified of this that they 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 had, they had a mandatory stipulation that their members had to provide uh, pure Aryan genealogy for at least, I believe if I'm correct, I think it was almost two and a half centuries. So do you see any Uh, downside to uh, installing a Fourth Reich, uh, a Nazi party, uh, here in America? Downside. Yeah, would there be any downside? Of course, the the, the downside would be uh, uh, that we could... uh, other countries would want to go to war with us, uh, we, but we would have to defend ourselves with nuclear weapons. Loss of civil liberties. Down- I mean, pretty much uh, nuclear weapons. I mean, that that could be pretty bad for the whole planet, right? The, 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 the downs. But would it be worth it to is, get rid of the it, Jews? The downside is nothing compared to what's going on now. I know you 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 think that I'm I'm insane. Now why would I'm I think that? No, I don't think you're insane, Scott. I think you've come up with a terrible solution for what your fears are in life. That's what I think. I do appreciate the call though. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll-free call in line. I think the only way to overcome these kind of fears is love and respect. But I find it very frustrating um, when listening to, you know, Scott and his uh, solutions. I mean, really? Nuclear war is the answer? I love the Jewish people. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Tombstone Pizza. With multiple varieties to choose from, there's a Tombstone Pizza that's sure to please your family. What do you want on your Tombstone? Family dinner is important, but who says it has to be at the table? When life gets busy and the pressure is on, pull out the good paper plates and settle in for pizza and a movie. It's fun, easy, and memorable for the whole family. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line eight five five four five zero three seven three three. If you have another vision of the world that's maybe a little brighter than Scott the bigots, you're welcome to call in. Tell us how uh, the the world can be run better than it is today. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You've been hearing us talk about bitcoins here on the air for a while now, but maybe you didn't know how to get them. Now there's an easy way. You can get Bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the U.S., including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your Bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world uh, with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. It works just like a person-to-person cash exchange, but you can do it over the Internet. It's like Internet cash. To learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. Again, it's exchangebitcoins.com. If you want to find out more about Bitcoins and what they are, you can... um, it, uh, go to the website. I think it's uh, weusecoins.org. So anyway, uh, let's go on and talk about this Scott the Bigot situation. Jason, you know, it's easy to, to uh, discount what uh, Scott says, but I think that some people need to see maybe the, the flaws in the thinking. The, for one, the idea that you're going to be able to send all the Jews to Madagascar or only the international Jews or whatever – 
first it begs the question, if these international Jews are so darn international, how are you going to get them and put them there? I mean, you're going to have a one world Reich because you would have to take over the whole world to get this done. And, um, you know, so far, nobody's managed to pull that little trick off. I can't believe we're going to spend time to deconstruct his argument. <laughs> I mean, I, I have more faith in the Free Talk Live audience that uh, people aren't going to really want to have a new Mussolini or Hitler. I, do, I you know, I think that the when, whenever the hard times come, that's when fascists can seem to get their their toe holds and that's what scares me the most i mean you're you, when you're seeing the folks running for president right now they're talking about government programs government programs tend to be the hallmarks of fascism one of these government programs i mean these republican candidates were crawling all over each other to talk about how high their uh, their fence would be one standing on each other's shoulders to say no this high the other one pops up on his shoulder says no this high and they just keep on going uh, talking about how, this fence that they're going to create I, you know to me this is uh, this is to some extent the fascism that he's talking about well that's a good point but the way politics operate these days when you see those uh dramatic changes. It's always surrounding an emergency, either real or made up. Sure. Uh, the, uh, the immigration coming across the border, of course, that's a made up emergency. Right. Sixty uh, percent of the immigrants um, actually have been given visas to come in, in immigrants, illegal immigrants, supposed illegal immigrants, whatever you want to term, what term you want to use. Sixty percent of them have been given visas already to come into the country, and those visas have expired due to the really unsustainable visa program the United States has. So, you're not even talking about people sneaking across the border nearly as much as you're talking about people being let in. Those people that are sneaking across the border, uh, they're also like paying Social Security and um, Medicare, Many, things that they will never collect on. So they're they're um, buffering up these systems that are, are failing. Many of them will, in fact, get fake Social Security cards. Uh, sometimes you can get them at, like the, uh, the, the, the flea market and that kind of thing. They'll get fake Social Security cards so that they can work at real jobs, make real money because they don't all want to do under-the-table work. And if you work a real job, then you have to pay those real taxes, the withholding tax, the FICA, and all that other stuff. And you're right. They have to pay Social Security. They're paying Social Security in, and they're never going to collect it. Mm -hmm. So, um, And that's the other thing sort of about Scott's idea. I, sadly, if you were to look at these numbers as far as if you want to you know, break Americans out by race – you would find that white Americans generally aren't breeding at the rate that um, other Americans of other ethnicities are. So you're talking about a nation that's dying if you're talking about only making it a white Christian nation. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, where, where are you going to get the influx of children? A, a nation whose population size is shrinking, that's not good for the economy. Well, it seems like um, the caller had it all figured out, you know, where he wanted to send the Jews and, you know, how um, the replacement for them, which would, of course, be fascism. But ideas are really important, uh, especially because you have this mechanism called the state where bad ideas, if they're popular enough, if uh, if a majority of voters uh, you know will elect somebody to uh, carry that out, well, then they get to use this um, amazing display, uh, this amazing force uh, that is government. So, and once a bad idea is uh, brought forward, it is incredibly difficult to get it undone. Mm -hmm. I mean, witness the Patriot Act, witness the um, you know the Obama's health care, Obamacare. I mean, these these are just some of them. I mean, I, I believe that there was a tax just just a couple of years ago removed from cell phones that was uh, essentially in place since the Spanish-American War. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's an incredible hundred year old tax plus, um, you, you know, I mean, 
government programs. There's nothing that says eternity like a government program. I was surprised that Leon Panetta, who um, is now the Secretary of Defense in the Obama administration, said when he first was rolling into uh, his position, he said, Al-Qaeda isn't as much of a threat. And then it comes down to a, a budget battle and, uh, you know, oh, Al-Qaeda is, is growing kill in us all you... and, and they use domestic terrorists. Uh, Al-Qaeda's in America. Al-Qaeda might be your neighbor. Um, you know, it's all about bigger budgets, uh, yep. more authority, and um, you can defeat Al Qaeda, but you're still going to have these programs. Right. <laughs> you can believe that whatever they'll they'll be another threat at that point. So at this point, essentially, the threat to your freedom and to your jobs and to your economy is illegal immigrants and Al Qaeda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to a lesser extent, Muslims, but, you know, people tend to conflate those. Uh, the demagogues tend to conflate those, the Muslims and Al Qaeda and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So the idea is to – scared people, you could do anything you want to them. Yep. If somebody's scared, you can lead them anywhere. They'll do anything. And that's really the trick is to scare the Jesus out of the American people. And once they're scared, then you can do anything with them. Freedom, on the other hand, is liberating. You're far, far, far more likely to have 40% of your income taken to you, taken from you by one government agency and, and another – than you are to ever see an Al-Qaeda member. You're, so, also, you're also far more likely to be killed by a cop than a terrorist. And so people should, um, that fear, uh, they should look at what their government does, and maybe it should be placed there. Yeah, a citizen of the United States of America is, um, in the last decade, is more likely to have be shot by a police officer than to be killed by a member of Al-Qaeda. Now, a lot of people are going to discount that and say to themselves, well, I never get in situations where I would likely to be shot by a cop. And I'll, I'll admit, you know, there's there's better and worse ways to go about getting shot by a cop, but... There are a lot of no-knock – what is it, a no-knock raid every mm-hmm. 40 seconds wow. in the United States? And they miss the, the – you know, sometimes they get the wrong address. A lot of times they'll get the wrong address. With that many no-knock raids going on and then some snitch, they just come up with your street address for, for kicks so they can get out of uh, you know, their latest bust. Yeah, well, I mean, cops have also been known to not hit their target and hit hit people on the street. But also, you said, um, you know, don't put yourself in situations where a cop could uh, could harm you. Well, don't I don't put myself in a situation where Al Qaeda could harm me. I mean, I don't know these people. Uh, they're doing things because they don't like the policy of the United States government, and so that's why I try to disassociate myself from the United States government as much as possible because I don't want them speaking for me or representing because uh, I'm a peaceful person and they're a violent organization. I'm not sure Al Qaeda is going to be checking your Facebook posts to see whether or not uh, you're associated with uh, with the United States government. It's indiscriminate. It seems, yeah, yeah, I understand. It it, it seems like th- you know th- they believe the lie that this is a government of the people by the people for the people as much as um, anybody else does, and you know they're they're not trying as hard as they could to say hit hard government targets. Mm-hmm. If Al Qaeda really wanted to hit hard government targets, assuming 9/11 was uh, perpetrated by Al Qaeda, and I certainly you know I've got no proof myself of that. But they would have tried to hit the Pentagon, the um, you know they were they were headed towards the Capitol building, the White House, whatever it is that they wanted to hit. They would have hit government buildings, not the tw- World Trade Trade Center. I mean, what's the point of hitting that? Hitting that? I don't know. Tallest building in the world. Um, it was a message to all of the American people, sure. and not specifically the government. Right. Uh, many people from around the world consider the World Trade Center as a, a symbol of uh, America's financial dominance. I don't think Americans did, though. I don't think Americans really cared about it. Al-Qaeda's activity certainly did uh, hurt America in the pocketbook. Uh, I mean, it was at a time of recession already, and then just all the spending that has been going into it. I guess 
people that still believe in the broken window fallacy would think, oh, look at all the jobs that the Homeland Security has now created. Sure, by taking uh, productive um, money out of the out of the marketplace, and that's really the point. Is if if the terrorists wanted our freedom, as George Bush said, they hate us for our freedom. Yeah. If if they really did, I think that might have been Bill Clinton and George Bush's baby talking there. Um, if they really did <laughs> um, hate us for our freedom, then they won. And George Bush helped him. Right. I mean, they, you know, they, they got the freedoms through the, you know, the assistance of, of the United States government. Yeah. We have fewer freedoms than we did on September the 10th, 2001. I mean, you know, it's, it makes much more sense that really what they want is they just want the United States military out of the Middle East. And frankly, I think it should be out of there and the rest of the world. 855-450 free. Am I wrong about this? Is, you know, is our foreign policy, do we need to be in 130 nations around the world on 1,000 military bases? Give us a call, 855-450-FREE. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Tuesday edition with Mark and Jason. You can give us a call, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let's go to Johnson, our internet guy in Connecticut. Johnson. Hey, hey, hey. I've just got a quick announcement about the uh, website that will make some people happy who uh, use our uh, news submission service. Oh, good. Uh, tell tell everybody what the news submission service is. Well, it's uh, sort of the way that uh, you, you can find unique stories, uh, you being uh, you, Mark, and whoever else is hosting with you that particular evening, can use the site because our, our uh, fans and users have gone to our website and submitted uh, interesting news stories about uh, freedom issues from around the web that uh, other fans and users can then uh, vote on these stories to decide which ones are the best the most popular or, or the most relevant. That's pretty much how uh, I describe it, yep. So, um, well, there was a little bit of a problem with this, and that, that is that there was, it was riddled with spam in the upcoming stories. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, people was? who are using this and voting on the stories can vote down the spam articles and make sure that they never get to the front page of the website. Okay, I guess that's but what's happening, because I, I never saw them on the front page of the right. website. <laughs> yes, but the upcoming section was just awful. I mean, it was like maybe... Nine spam stories for one legitimate good news story. Who's spending their so, time spamming, spamming our website? I mean, what what's the point I in that? I don't know. People who are, I, I guess, I have no idea. But, yeah, it, we, we made it so that 
uh, robots, you know, like computers could not get through. So it actually had to be legitimate human beings doing this. But, uh, yeah, I, I deleted about 100 accounts <laughs> of spammers and well over 5,000 spam stories. Probably international wow. Jews. <laughs> That's a reference to <laughs> to uh, last, uh, the last hour's uh, story and the, uh, the Actually, big, bigot that called of, in. A lot of the stories were in Turkish. I think it was Turkish. Huh. Uh, uh, there was some story. There was. There were some stories. In, it was, a, uh, was it a Turkish in, and domestic blend? <laughs> I'm not sure. It could have been an Ethiopian Yurgachev. I'm not really quite, you know. Gotcha. I'm not sure. So yeah, I mean there was some in, there were some in Arabic. I mean there, but but I mean it was just it was a mess. And uh, so anyway, that's cleaned up. So how does one so, determine if a person is posting it? How does one determine that it is in fact spam? Um, if someone's posting to Free Talk Live a story that is about political, you know, a news like a place where people are posting political news stories, and then I find a user who's posted three hundred some odd articles about various products around the web, like coffee makers and microwaves and you know, go download this movie somewhere. Gotcha. I can be fairly certain that that user is a spammer, and Just I have wondering. no compunctions about deleting their account instantly. I know you don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I know you'll do that uh, pretty quickly. So it sounds like yeah. it's caused you a lot of frustration, Johnson, to uh, having to take care of all the spam in the background. Well, no, I think it's caused probably a lot of it. I haven't really, you know, I haven't been submitting stories in a while. I've got something, you know, I've got things to do. But uh, I'm sure that the people who are submitting stories to our site and using it, you know, that's got to be frustrating if they want to use the website and have it be so cluttered and so unusable. I'm just, I'm sure that people are going to be pleased about killing spammers. I don't like spammers in general, you know, like spammers are obnoxious yeah. and it's good to, uh, to spank them. So I feel like, I, I feel glad that, you know, somebody who is spending all this time investing their time and submitting 300 stories to our website that they get to come to the site tomorrow and find that all of their work has been deleted. So. Well, uh, likely they. Um, I mean, you're talking about a country. I, I'm assuming you're talking about a country where you know maybe their time isn't as valuable, and it's worth it to uh, you know stay on sites uh, that, especially sites that'll let you keep your spam up, that do not uh, police it as uh, readily as uh, as police as uh, Free Talk Live does. Sure, but I mean, even if that's the case, um, you know, if you, no matter how much your time is worth. If you go, go somewhere and you're working on a project and suddenly you see, you know, 30 to 50 hours of your life vanish because someone deleted all your work, um, that's got to be frustrating. Indeed. <laughs> so I don't like so, spam. I don't like trolls. And isn't that an argument for, um, you know, not being able to be anonymous on the Internet? Um, no, not really. You would solve uh, it. <laughs> I just deleted all these spammers and I don't know who any of them were. Well, yeah, I mean, because they didn't have to, like, uh, use their real identity, right? Sure, but even if they did use their real identity, it wouldn't have mattered. I deleted their account. I mean, their their accounts had username. Oh, right, uh, and so, like, one account would be responsible for several spam messages? Yeah, like I said, some of the accounts were responsible for over 300 stories, you know, and it's, like, it's done. And to post 300 stories on our website, I mean, that's, that's you know, it's... Hours and hours and hours of time. And are you sh- oh. so you're sure it's not a robot that's automating a lot of this? Maybe not positive. the capture codes. We have positive because we have capture. We have multiple capture codes. We have multiple capture codes to uh, one type of capture code to create an account, and a completely different type to post stories. Okay. So um, it had to be. So now it's uh, the site is much more usable, and you encourage people to uh, go visit and submit stories. 
Sure, absolutely. I just, you know, I think the people who do uh, use that section of the website will be pleased, and and, and hopefully it will mean, uh, you know, higher quality content of stories at least for the next little while here. So um, I'm curious, Johnson. You you say, you you contacted me with a little information today that kind of surprised me. Is apparently web traffic on freetalklive.com <laughs> has quadrupled in the last month. I told you not to let it go to your head. I, I understand. I'm not, I haven't let it go to my head. I actually uh, checked on some other numbers that might be indicators of, uh, of, of activity, and I don't see any of the other numbers. And I'm wondering, you know, do these, are these spammers, um, you know, in any way, shape, or form the, uh, you know, the, why there's so much more traffic? Because, I mean, that's a lot of more traffic. Quadruple the traffic? I mean, maybe yeah. I'm promoing it better. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's it was about that, and it's possible that some of the, maybe some of these spam articles uh, really hit. I mean, I know search engine traffic was up. Um, a lot of people doing uh, additional searches for Free Talk Live, but um, I don't know if it's the spam. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> if tomorrow suddenly traffic shoots down because I deleted all these all these articles, um, you know, who knows? Uh, I you know we'll we'll find out. I mean, this that's. Part of the reason why I, I did this is are the users out. staying on the front or clicking past the front page or, or what? Yeah, I mean we have Free Talk Live has you know there's a thing called bounce rate and we've got a pretty good bounce rate. What's that? Um, well, I don't know what a bounce rate time, is. i Well, bounce rate is, is whether or not someone leaves the, a site uh, after they've hit the front page. Okay. They bounce right off the site. It's like the site's made of rubber. If you have a really high bounce rate. People hit your site and they're gone. So, do we have an? Is the bounce rate, uh, you know, about the same as it was previously, or is it higher now or lower? It's about the same. Huh. Um, the lowest time we had the bounce, when we had a lowest, the lowest bounce rate, which was about ten percent, which is absolutely phenomenal. Ours is still really good, but uh, we had it at ten percent right after we launched the new website, which was you know a couple of years ago. Lots of people poking around and seeing what it looked like. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty bored talking about spam, but uh, hey, Johnson, you were uh, you were in Burger King the other day, and you uh, ran into this guy that uh, that asked you to be on his show. And to be honest with you, uh, I know you tagged me in it, and that I was uh, mentioned in the video, but I couldn't get through the entire thing. It was like an hour long. I got through oh, like no. ten minutes of it, but I I was trying to scan it, and there was like some nine eleven conspiracy stuff in there yeah, also. There so tell us about that experience, if you would. Oh, it was just, it was interesting. You know, I got, I met some guy who recognized me from, uh, you know, he says, Hey, do you work for GCN? You've got a free talk live hoodie on, you know, and he, he recognized the show down here in Connecticut. And, uh, he told me he works, you know, locally and he does a local, uh, public access television show hmm. and invited me to be on. So I figured, Hey, I'll take this opportunity. And the guy was talking to me about conspiracies, ah, which I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of the conspiracy theorist. But uh, I figure, hey, it's an opportunity to go and talk about freedom and to suggest why, you know, conspiracy theories don't necessarily matter. And if you don't trust the government, you think the government's a problem. You know, it doesn't matter if you do all this research and you prove all this stuff. You don't need to do that to come to the idea and the principle that government is force and government is a monopoly on violence. And that's all you need to know, you know. Yeah. And so I took that opportunity. Cool. Nicely done. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was uh, talking to some uh, conspiracy theory, nine eleven truther folks um, out at the uh, the peace vigil here in Keene that I go to on a pretty regular basis. And um, you know, these guys didn't hate the government; they just hated the Bush administration. So I don't even know that uh, necessarily that uh, conspiracy theorists or truthers or whatever are going to uh, actually think that the government's a bad thing. Johnson, thanks for the call. 
Appreciate Thank it. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. You can give us a call, talk about what you'd like to talk about. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's a SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? If you knew that thousands of liberty loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. As a matter of fact, there are. Oh, almost a thousand people, 940, I believe, 50, something like that. Active movers that have picked up their lives and moved to New Hampshire for the Free State Project. And there's lots of things happening already. You can be involved. It's freestateproject.org. And I would encourage you to go there, sign up, and become a part of the Free State Project. Let's go to Terrence in Virginia. Terrence? Terrence, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Terrence, can you hear me now? Um, Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. I made legal history two years ago, and I would like to give you, your co-host, not your normal co-host, of course, the first isn't Thursday. This is Jason Telly. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he's, he's in jail. He's in jail? Ian Freeman is on day 49 of the what we are calling the incarceration count-up for standing in front of a police officer for taking a woman to jail unjustly, at least in his assertion. Yeah. Really do. A lot of us do. Um, well, I went to jail for something. And I want to give somebody $5,000 because have you ever beat somebody up? You're not going to give $5,000 to somebody for beating uh, beating somebody up, right? No. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no. great. <laughs> have, <laughs> have I ever beat anybody up? Yes. Sadly, I have. How, the person you beat up, what do they look like after you beat them up? Not as good as they did beforehand. Is that the truth? Yeah. Well, what if, Terrence, what I spent up? I spent nine years in prison. There's a chance I got no. in a fight there. Holy cow! You spent nine years in prison. I can tell you're a listener to the to the show. Yes, uh, I I Mark Edge, uh, second chair on Free Talk Live, spent eight years, six months, twenty one days in uh, incarceration in in a Florida penal in the Florida penal system. Yes. I've followed you on an awful. I had no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my! Um, I, oh my God! Well, um. So what's the challenge? Um, I, I would like for somebody to. I'm the first person in legal history to have an incident with their children. An incident with where, their children? Yeah, uh-huh. an incident. Uh, you're you're, you're going to be skeptical about it. Okay, go well, ahead. Let's hear it. Where they were arrested for a domestic battery. But when all things came out, CPS looked over it. They found the allegations of abuse to be false. 
There wasn't a single bump, bruise, scratch, nothing on the children. And I was the first person in legal history to go to jail for this. You're the first person to go to jail for a um, for beating up their children but, that they didn't that you didn't beat up and that CPS couldn't find any evidence that you did. Yes, and I want okay. to give five thousand dollars to somebody. I'll give you my full name. I promise I'll give somebody five thousand dollars for this. And what's the challenge? I'll give it to you. But here's there's a little more there's a little more specifics to the challenge so we get so we can get things straight. I get along with my wife perfectly. I'm happily married. My kids love me. Because you might you might find a situation where this person has what happened there. You're, I don't know. You, you're, you've you're got there. about the the worst sounding uh, phone connection that I've actually let stay on the air in quite some time. Just because I'm kind of interested, but uh, please <laughs> continue. My wife was never against me. No family member. So what instigated the estate involvement? Uh, I was at a football practice. I got upset with my two, basically two twin sons. I kind of picked one up, pushed him down, and I picked another one up by the ankle, to make a long story short. And there was a lot of eyewitnesses to this? Yeah, 10 or 12. Yeah. Okay, so the state has a problem with you pushing down your stun and holding your kid up by his ankle? At football practice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. And that's why uh, you were prosecuted and you lost the case? Well, I did, well there's a lot more to the story than that, but... Tell well, us. it's you don't you, you don't go to jail for that. I didn't hurt my kids. Right. CPS looked into it. They did a report. All the allegations were found to be false. Of abuse were found to be false. It was basically a glorified whooping. Is what it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't hurt my kids, and I want to give you or somebody five thousand dollars to find me a case where CPS finds the allegations to be false, and a person goes to jail. When he's not a drug, you know, not a not, not a long term criminal, and his family isn't against him. Was this a, a just what would a be tr- the value to you to finding this? Because it kills me. It's 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 bothered me for two years now. I did. I I do know a, a man that uh, set himself on fire in front of a courthouse here in Keene, New Hampshire, because he was um, uh, unable to see his children any longer for having. Um, you know, uh, basically uh, disciplined, disciplining the child uh, physically for licking his hand. Uh, the cops dropped the charges, but the court still wouldn't let him uh, uh, visit his kids because, um, you know, this other organization said he was unfit or something like that. And well, they, so, he was obviously he was obviously unfit if he set himself on fire. <laughs> well, he was probably upset. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> imagine I, I being separated. Obviously, if the guy set himself on fire, he was unfit. Well, well I mean, imagine is... not being able to see your. I, you know what? I'd be pretty darn mad if I couldn't see my kids um, for ten years. But also, the guy uh, slapped the child, right? And then the the kid's mouth bled. So um, it seems like there was some abuse there. He did go to jail, he go to jail. but he was uh, found innocent of those charges. Okay, so so I'm still for five thousand dollars. I just want somebody. I want to give somebody five thousand dollars. Okay, well, the, there's the challenge. Challenge is out there. Appreciate it, Terrence. You can call in and uh, uh well, speaking speaking of which how does uh, how does one get a hold of you Terrence? 304 757 5543 Thanks for the call Terrence. 855 450 free SACL toll free call in line 855 450 3733 You know this is a tough scenario I mean um discipline never sounds good 
if it's physical discipline, never sounds good when it's relayed like the second time. Well, so, but there's a bunch of people at a, a football practice that saw him pick up his son by the ankle. Yep. And I don't think that I don't think that's respecting somebody else. The the son or the respecting the son. I don't yeah. think the son wanted that done. It seemed like it was a, indeed. But I mean, ch- children are never going to want spankings and things like that. But you probably don't think that people's kids should be taken away for being spanked, right? Um, I do not. But I would rather. I like to. I like to see peace, and I don't want people putting their hands on each other that are in a violent way. I just wonder when you're talking about a football practice if um, some of the rules for uh, physical contact are somewhat suspended. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't mind roughhousing or anything like that as long as it's you know consensual and and everybody's okay with it. But he did say that he was angry with his child, so it seemed like it was kind of a punitive measure. Mm. Oh yeah, indeed it is. I'm just you know I mean. Some of the things I think of, and I'm not defending this scenario. What I'm defending is people raising their kids the way they want to. I think they should raise their kids exactly the way I raise mine because I've got to be right. But, um, you, you know, I, I don't know what every scenario is like. And it seems like, you know, football, they, they, the coach people yell. They do lots of physical activities. You know, there, there tends to be some of this drill sergeant atmosphere involved. Sure, but I mean, violence is never an acceptable way to uh, to act. 855-450-FREE. It's a take toll-free call-in line. Is this acceptable, unacceptable? What do you think? 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. Eight fifty five four fifty three SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. Costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. And visit jurisdictionary.com and download all the free tools they have there for you. There's the le- the free legal flowchart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletters. Use the free legal dictionary, watch the free videos, and buy the course. It's jurisdictionary.com. Remember to use the pull down menu when you check out to let them know you heard it on Free Talk Live. It's an awesome course. I'm uh, I've got it. I probably should review it for the third time. Um, jurisdictionary.com has my highest recommendations. Let's go to Jason. We have this story that I wanted to um, let you know about. It's from CNSnews.com. The Internet hits an all-time high as news source and TV at an all-time low, according to a Pew Research survey. The Internet has risen to its all-time high as a primary source of news for Americans with 43% now saying that they get most of their news on national and international issues from the web, according to a survey published Thursday by the Pew Research Center for the People in the Press. Meanwhile, the television sits at an all-time low 
as a primary source for news for Americans, with only 66% saying that they now get most of their national and international news from a TV. Um, A Nader television also um, hit uh, in uh, December 2010. So um, this is claiming that Apparently, I guess you could say, you know, where I don't know primary. Apparently, these folks don't know what primary means <laughs> because the web is forty three percent, and um, that the the TV news is sixty six percent. Can you have more than one primary source for news? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, people are spending more time on their internet, and we're going to see what's called convergence, where TVs are going to be able to display the internet, and the internet is going to be able to display TV, like we have with Hulu and. You can watch news on the internet now, so it's all really the same thing. But yeah, in, indeed. But I mean, we're seeing sort of you know the the things things have changed as far as news goes in the United States. At one point, you had three broadcast mm-hmm. networks, and they competed with the nightly news, and you believed what they said, um, and that was the news. That was it. There were also newspapers and, and that kind of thing. And I th- there'd always been a lot more competition in newspapers than there ever had been in television. It's just costs a lot of money to run a uh, a network news organization. Yeah, well, the thing with the internet is everybody can be the media now. It's it's really easy to uh, publish. You can have your own website. Uh, a lot of times you could do it for free. Uh, if you have a camera that you didn't even intend to buy, just came with your cell phone, then you can start broadcasting sometimes even directly to a YouTube channel. Sure. And it's called a channel, so you can make as many shows as you would like. So, you know, just... It's just a matter of competing with the quality and uh, and the level of journalism, but it's also focusing on niche markets. Um, like my reporting uh, happens to take place in in the Shire, Tally t- Tally TV, Tally TV. Thank you. Um, and and so and I like to cover the victims of government violence. I cover civil disobedience and um, other things that you know are impacting uh, my life. And things that I want to cover. So, you know, some people are interested in that and they, they watch my videos, but somebody else could, you know, be reporting on fashion or or whatever. Oh, so yeah. There's just, uh, what's um, a really popular one is the TV video game nerd or something mm-hmm. like that. He's on YouTube. That's and true. this is a guy who basically started out by the ang- angry video game nerd, I think is what um, his uh, uh, site was called or whatever his uh, page was called on, on YouTube. And he would just, you know, look at old video games and, you know, yell about them and be upset and that, that kind of shtick of being upset about silly things in video games. And, you know, people really dug it. He he, he provided something to the marketplace, which is, which was whatever he was doing there, entertainment. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as the Glick decision that we recently saw in uh, the first district court, um, that was the one where they didn't allow law enforcement to have qualified immunity because they um, arrested somebody for essentially taking video of them during an arrest. Um, the judges in that case said that, you know, everybody is the media, so there there can't be a distinction made between, you know, the four major broadcasters um, on television versus somebody who just has a camera in their pocket and wants to keep uh, cops transparent. So let's I'm going to give you some idea of what these numbers look like. And these those are the numbers that I, I gave you in 20. Uh, December 2010. So 66% of uh, people get their um, news from television. December 2010. In September tw- 2001, 90% got it from TV. So you're talking about going from 90% uh, to 66%. That's a tremendous drop, 23%. Um, also, in January 
of 1999, 6% of people said that they got their news from the web. And by the way, you could mark either, um, you know, the web and television as your primary sources. It didn't really matter. It was just, you know, where do you get your news from? So as a primary source, you could um, 6% got the web as a primary source, and now it's 40%. Um, so, you know, the 43%, I should say. So it's a tremendous rise in people getting their news from the web and a precipitous drop for people getting their news from television. And I can only assume that it's going to continue to go down, down, down. How do you get your news? I get it all from the web. Um, mostly news aggregators on the web. I will uh, look at freetalklive.com, which has stories there. Uh, freedomsphoenix.com. I will look through that. I get a couple of others that, uh, you know, that, that, that will pop stories up. And Facebook. Frankly, when friends share stories on Facebook, I'll see that too. Not nearly as often as I get them from Freedoms Phoenix and Free Talk Live. Those are my two major sources. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, I mean, you see different aggregation services. Like I use Google News, and they just have have some kind of uh, computer algorithm that spits out news stories. But I kind of want to see like what the mainstream sources yeah. are, are discussing. That's important to me. I listen to NPR sometimes, too, mm-hmm. and that'll uh, give me a lot, of, uh, a lot of clues. But if I'm listening to books on tape, I'll, I can go you know, a week without uh, hearing any um, you know, news from the outside. Yeah, so the definition of news here is newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. And uh, in the uh, studio, he wasn't on air, but uh, Garrett Ian was here from Concord, and he has a website, uh, freeconcord.org. And so I like to follow what's going on in the, in the Concord area, the, uh, the state capital of New Hampshire, and he does a great job with that. Uh, doesn't have any professional reporting experience other than what he's doing now and his eagerness to use a camera and to write about events, uh, court hearings, and uh, et cetera. But I think that's a very valuable news uh, service. and. I try to uh, provide news. Um, when I was uh, caged recently, I was really uh, thrilled to see that uh, Kate Dager and um, Hannah Hoffman were reporting, you know, giving people news about my predicament, as well as Free Talk Live. So, That's where I was getting my information was, in fact, <laughs> the, the, those two gals right there on Facebook. Mm-hmm, exactly. So news can come in all different forms and shape. What I would love to see for, uh, for the Shire would be, um, I even have the domain name, uh, the Shire Free Press. And if anybody is interested in writing up news stories and maybe uh, for the web first and maybe eventually publishing a newspaper, kind of similar to what Cad and Russell Canning did with the New Hampshire Free Press, um, I think that would be a very worthwhile pursuit. Well, I would you know, absolutely love to see more uh, liberty-oriented news here in New Hampshire. But frankly, there's more in New Hampshire than there is any place else in the world. And there's more in Keene than there is any place in New Hampshire. So, yep. you know, we are at the, the vortex of... You know, the incipient news network, uh, libertarian news network of the world, I'd I'd say. We should pat ourselves on the back. But, uh, I mean, people want to receive news in all different types of ways. But I guess as this story says, the Internet is A-OK. When I was living in Grafton, we had to think about other ways to do – to deliver news because uh, people didn't have the Internet necessarily. So a newspaper we thought would be a good option for that. Yeah, well, and newspapers certainly people want to you know these free newspapers are a uh, a model that it seems to be doing okay. Newspapers themselves tend to be dying, and it's an expensive right. way to yep. transmit news. Yep. But the free ones, if you can get advertise an advertising based model, that seems to, to seems to be working. And advertisers are are really looking for ways to meet to to reach local people. Give us your uh, thoughts eight five five four five zero three seven three three here on Free Talk Live.
Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Eight fifty-five, four fifty-three. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you and Jason. You can give us a call, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. First, are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know. They're, they're not good for your health. Not at all good for your health. Well, there's another option. An option that's 22,000 times healthier by some metrics. Vaporsmiths.com. It's an e-cigarette. They make one of the best e-cigarettes available on the market today. It is uh, well-made, not uh, one of those chintzy ones. You can then uh, save $120 a month right off the bat on average. And it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth, no secondhand smoke, no bad smell. And you can use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60, and you get a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cardamizers with coupon code FTL. That's a free starter kit and free shipping. All you have to do is go to vaporsmiths.com or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. If you have trouble figuring out how to do it online, give them a telephone call. It's easy, 855-2-GET-VAPOR, vaporsmiths.com. Let's go to James in Florida. James. Hey, how you doing, guys? All's well. What'd you like to talk about? Okay, I want to talk about basically, uh, I know you guys were talking about violence earlier on. Is it justified? Um, you know, force. Um, you know, <laughs> it's never justified unless it's in self-defense. And right. what we're seeing and what, and what we're seeing here on Wall Street, um, you know, these guys in white shirts who are commanders going and pepper spraying these peaceful protesters and dragging them out of the crowd and throwing them in the back of a van and then taking and locking them in a cage, it's, you know, it's not right. And I've noticed that, um, you know, the mainstream media picked up on it last night and did a broadcast, you know, first time in what is it now? This is the 11th day that we're seeing this Occupy Wall Street and they've only just done something about it. Um, well, yeah, done something about what? 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 What do you? What do you mean by well, done something about it? Well, they broadcast. They broadcast. Right. It, you that's know, what so the first, first time that we've you know ever seen you know really on TV. I mean, I don't watch TV. I just picked this up on the on the net that I saw the the broadcast. Right. But so, so um, the mainstream media is covering this story. I think there was one story that's up to this there point. Was one. There was one story um, that I saw covered by MSNBC. Right. And uh, I think the guy did a pretty good job of it because he's, he's showing you YouTube videos of these girls being uh, pepper sprayed and actually a slow motion uh, mm. video mm-hmm. that's put that's been put out there. And so, it, you know, it just shows these people. And, you know, of course, like the presenter says, that nothing will happen to these. these com- and this is a commander that's, that's, you know, pepper spraying them. It's not just one of the normal... Um, men in uniform wearing a sign and carrying a gun uh, doing it. It's, it's actually one of the white shirts that's, that's doing it. 
And like the presenter says on MSNBC, he says, you know, nothing's going to happen to these guys. You know, these guys are going to keep their jobs. They're not going to be reprimanded. They're not going to be, you know, they're not going to lose their job. And, of course, it's, you know, your tax dollars are supporting this. And so, we need to stop paying taxes to support this kind of violence. These people don't, no matter what they're saying, doesn't matter what they're saying, they're not violent to anybody. You know, these people don't deserve to be treated like this. You know, they're yeah, having democracy, which is like the same club as what they're being beaten over the head with. Mm-hmm. I think somebody needs to get out there and start handing them some information on educating them that, you know, you realize what you're saying is basically what you're getting right now, the way you're being treated. Good point. Yeah. It seems to be a lot of the uh, the the protesters out there, and you know, not all of them by any stretch, but a lot of them seem to be somewhat confused on what they want, sort of anti corporatist uh, types and and that kind of thing. And I'm certainly certainly against uh, corporate uh, collusion with the government, but mostly it's because it's colluding with the government, not because it's a corporation. I think corporations are entities created by the government. Exactly, um, it's because they get the charters from the government, the incorporations and the LLC, which allows these criminals to hide behind a fiction, which the government has allowed them to create, so that if they hurt anybody, harm anybody in any way, it's not the people that run the corporation that get sued personally. It's the corporation that gets sued, and obviously, once the corporation runs out of money, it closes down, and then these criminals go and open another corporation yeah. in a different name and hide behind that entity, and that needs, to, that needs to stop. That needs to all go away. In fact, government needs to go away. It needs to get out of people's lives, and... People need to be free to be able to do whatever they want so long as they don't harm other people. And so you believe that people should be uh, occupying New York, Wall Street? Absolutely. I think that they should be there protesting. I think that the message, though, some of the messages that they're putting out is wrong because basically all they're saying is we want democracy and they're entitled to a job. No, they're not entitled to a job. They're entitled to go and create a job. But they're not entitled to a job. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you're entitled to suck air. That's what you're entitled to do. And you're entitled to say what you want. But you're not entitled to a job unless you go and create this for yourself. So some of these protesters have been blocking streets and sidewalks and things like that. Now, blocking a sidewalk in New York City is a much larger deal than blocking a sidewalk in your average town. Uh, because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of pedestrian traffic. And that was you know, the, the, the reason for the, the pepper spraying and, and the, the stuff that's uh, gone on with these protesters. Do you think that that's a reasonable – I mean, is it reasonable to create roads for cars to drive on and re- sidewalks for people to walk on? It's tragedy of the commons, isn't it? I mean, money that's stolen from people, uh, you know, the threat of uh, a, a, a barrel of a gun to pay for things for people to use. I mean, you know, I mean, if this was private property that was – you know, owned by people that had purchased or created this themselves, then there'd be reason to ask these people to move. But, you know, it's the tragedy of the commons where everybody owns it because money's stolen in the name of taxation at gunpoint from people. So who gets to say what can and cannot be done there? That's, that's, that's the question. Indeed. James, thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Bill in Indiana. Bill? Hi, how are you? All's well. What would you like to talk about? Well, I, um, excuse me. I, I was going to talk about, uh, I didn't really catch all of it, but uh, there's apparently some dad who had uh, 
uh, roughed up a kid in a football practice or something. Sounds like it. But uh, I want to follow up on something you just said. Did you just say that the, the reason that the people were pepper sprayed was because they were impeding traffic? On a sidewalk in New York City? One of the claims uh, for the reason that the protesters in New York City, who are the in the Occupy Wall Street protest that's going on, um, were pepper sprayed and, and the force has been used against them, was because they were impeding traffic. And, um, and you, you stated it as a fact. Who, who'd you hear that from? I heard it on the Internet, and I saw these people in the – I mean, they were in the middle of the street on the video. What do you want? So do okay, you know, do you, no, no, I said but – I, I mean, you you fashion yourself as the ultimate outsider who doesn't accept, you know, what, what the government feeds you. Uh, you just stated as a fact uh, something that's just a farce. Do, do you okay, really so- think that these? Do you really think that these people pepper sprayed these people? Because they were impeding traffic on a on a sidewalk in New York City. So I think they're probably. I think they're probably irritated that they were that they've been around for um, you know ten Did days you or something. That the person that did that has done this before. He's only done it to people who protest on behalf of liberal policies. I have no idea. No, I don't know that. Policy. I don't know that. No. Oh, so, well, well, then why did you state it as a fact? Okay, hey, because. say, so why were these people pepper sprayed? I mean, obviously people were pepper sprayed in New York City. Do you have some more information that you'd like to bring to the table? Uh, were they being violent? No, but do you think that it's okay? I mean, do you think it's okay to impede traffic on a uh, on a road or a, a sidewalk? Do I think it's okay? Protest? Absolutely. Yes, I think it's okay to protest, too. I'm asking you a specific question, though, Bill. Do you think it's okay to occupy, say, a a sidewalk or even a a street? In the right circumstance, certainly. I I would agree in the right circumstance, too. I agree with you in the right circumstance. Is that circumstance? So in that circumstance, I I, I saw the video. Mm -hmm. People were walking by them until the police set up a fence. The fence is what kept people from walking around them. Well, I didn't see the whole video on that. I saw the pepper spraying, and I saw people on, on sidewalks, and well, I've seen other the, videos. You saw the pepper spray, you saw the fence, right? Yeah, there was a fence. I, I think okay. I recall a fence. They, the, the protesters didn't set that up. You realize that, don't it you? It makes sense that they wouldn't bring a fence with them, Bill. Hey, look, the Bill, here's, here seems to be what you're upset is, is that you think that I should know what you know, and I should believe what you believe. And that's never no, going to happen. I think you, you should... Need to, I think you should properly question authority if that's what you're telling people on your radio show that's what you do okay so um i asked you uh whether or not it's okay to block streets and roads and i asked uh the the previous caller uh, the same question i think these are reasonable questions i think in the proper circumstance yes if you're being non-violent and, and you're protesting um I'm very, I, I, think it's I don't think it's okay to, to live on a sidewalk, though, either. And now it's time for the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute, with tips and advice on controlling your emotions so they don't control you. Here's New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer. You know, our words are very, very, very important. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Words are containers for power. They can carry creative power or destructive power. And as such, they have a direct effect on our emotions. Do you know that what you say can make you happy or it can make you sad it can make you mad or it can make you glad all you have to do is just start talking about some unfair thing that somebody did to you and it won't be long and you'll be upset but you can talk about good things and be happy words are fuel for emotions just like thoughts are 
We not only need to be careful about our thoughts, we need to be careful about our words. We can definitely talk ourselves into a better mood anytime we need to. For the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information to help you control your own emotions so they don't control you, please visit Joyce Meyer. That's M-E-Y-E-R dot org. The average person has 70,000 thoughts every day, and many of those thoughts trigger a corresponding emotion. In Living Beyond Your Feelings, Joyce Meyer examines the gamut of feelings that human beings experience. She discusses the way that the brain processes and stores memories and thoughts. Then, emotion by emotion, she explains how we can manage our reactions to those emotions. Living Beyond Your Feelings, the newest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can give us a call, talk about whatever you want to talk about. But uh, you know, we take your calls here on Free Talk Live. That's one of the things that we do. Let's go to Kelly in Michigan. Kelly, hi. How are you? What would you like to talk about? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm in this class right now, and we're looking at, like, current events and things like that. And Mm -hmm. we were comparing the protests to civil disobedience because with, like, the whole blocking the sidewalk thing, it's, like, it's more of a civil obedience issue, like, getting almost away from the protests with that, isn't it? Okay, hold on. Uh, Blocking the sidewalk is... Run that by me one more time. I'm not entirely sure I understand. Oh, well, like... Is, is it illegal to block a sidewalk in New York City? I suspect it is. Okay, well, then if they're doing that, then that's more civil disobedience than it is just a protest. But like, could... like when they would stage sit-ins in the past when they were protesting, like, restaurants not serving to African-Americans, they would have people go and sit in, and it was really inconvenient for the people who wanted to eat there. But they were making a statement about it, and they were willing to inconvenience those people to make that statement. But civil disobedience is a protest. It's all the same thing. It's well, just one form of protest. Protest technically isn't illegal. Civil disobedience, you can kind of still expect to get arrested. And It depends on your tactics for protests, and civil disobedience by definition uh, would be illegal. So uh, real, real quick, Kelly, I, I've read about civil disobedience exhaustively, frankly, um, you know, I mean, quite a bit. And for one, for a civil action to work, you have to get the public on your side. I mean, that is the integral part of it. There were... um, At first, the public doesn't really... I mean, when you're first starting any kind of a thing like that, the public isn't all that aware of it. You don't think the public knows that the uh, Wall, um, that Wall Street and the bankers are getting bailouts at the uh, the expense of Americans and uh, seem to have an inordinate amount of it in an, like do they know it in an abstract way? Yeah. Do they think about how it affects their day to day lives? Not many people that I'm around are really thinking about it. Okay, that so way. I'd like to give you a couple of examples. Um, in the, uh, the 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 protests in the South uh, the, during the civil um, you know the uh, civil rights movement, there were situations where people took to the streets and actually stopped traffic. But you never hear that as an example of good civil disobedience. You always hear about things like the sit-ins. You hear about mm-hmm. things like the um, you know, uh, what's what's her name? Rosa Parks uh, on the bus and things like that. And it's because these things tend to be more targeted and appropriate. Um, 
I, I you know, and I'm not saying that I think that this is a bad thing. I don't know, but I do think that when you start irritating people, you know, like you block their paths and things like that, that it it gets very frustrating for them, and it ruins the the ground on which you would plant the seeds of your message. Okay, I can understand that. Because I, I, it's not that I agree or disagree. I, you know, I, I think that to some extent, the you know the folks out there, you know, they've got to some extent a good message and to some extent a confused message. But you know, whatever. Well, it's uh, only confused because there's a whole lot of different individuals yeah. with their own different purposes and their own beliefs, and they're all trying to get the biggest banner they're and not the most attention. How it all works together yet? Yeah, I mean, how does it work all together? It's people that are um, you know really uh, dissatisfied with the banks and Wall Street. I personally wouldn't choose to protest there. I would protest um, government buildings instead because it's because of the government that you have these uh, big bailouts and these huge, humongous banks. Unless annoying people is kind of the point. I mean, when you bring it to a government building, the majority of just everyday people, they're going to be like, oh, someone's at the government building. But if you go to where they work, where you know the people that are signing the papers and giving the loans, where they work, where they can see you every day, then... Well, I, I don't know that annoying people, if, if that is the point, I don't know that it's effective. And this is the thing that I'm trying to portray here, Kelly, is that, in fact, there is a successful way, um, you know, civil, civil uprisings are three times as successful as armed uprisings, okay? So these are extraordinarily effective ways of, of uh, you know, beating out change in a society if they're done properly. The way to do them improperly is to alienate the public at large. The way to do them properly is to get the public at large on your side. And my question is, is sleeping all night on sidewalks um, and, you know, this kind of thing and blocking sidewalks, blocking traffic, is that a way to get people on your side? Because I can tell you that if this was going on in my town and I had to get to work, you would have me alienated. Yeah. Are they actually sleeping on the sidewalks now, or are they still sleeping in that one park? I had heard that people were sleeping on sidewalks. I mean, you know, the thing is, is I'm just getting my stuff from the news. So I don't know, um, as the last caller pointed out, we don't really know anything. What they would uh, ideally want is yeah, this. The, the, live stream, the live stream is up. I mean, as long I'm as not going to sit there and watch these people's live stream. I'm sorry. <laughs> but what they want is a situation like we have seen in the Middle East where, uh, you know, people will take over squares and, and all that. And they want to own the sidewalks, the streets, the parks, uh, everything uh, around Wall Street. Um, and so the police are, you know, um, pushing them off of certain areas. I haven't seen the videos, but everybody should be outraged at uh, the brutality that the uh, police right. The police don't using. look good just running up and pepper spraying people in the mouth. That does not look good. Um, any any use of violence, whether it's portrayed uh, verbally, like the guy who just called in was talking about his disciplining his child in uh, what seemed to be an unorthodox fashion, uh, or the pepper spraying of people, all these uses of violence always look bad. So if these activists are hoping to get people on their side by having police use violence, Violence against them, maybe they'll have some luck in that fashion. But if the way they have to go about it is by irking people in the process, some people will say, "Well, good, it gets them off the sidewalk." Yeah, a lot Kel- of those responses on the videos. What's there that? Was, there was one other interesting, uh, like on on the YouTube videos. There's a, a decent number of responses that are like, "Oh, it's just a bunch of hippies that got what they deserve for blocking traffic or whatever." I, I'm sure. Oh yeah, Kelly, so I appreciate the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. Let's go to Terrence in California. Terrence. Hi. Um, so in California, we have this Proposition 209, and it prevents 
the state universities from using race, gender, or ethnicity as a way to admit students into um, college. So this is this is not yeah. law. This is a proposition that's going to be voted on. No, it's, no, actually, it's already law. It's, it's part of the Constitution. Okay, so it's Constitution of, the, of uh, California says that uh, race cannot be used as a, uh, a factor in people getting into college. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And there's a Senate bill. Um, Senate bill. I forget the number. Um, anyway, it says that it kind of changes that. It says that race, ethnicity, and gender can be used as a factor in allowing as one possible factor in deciding whether someone can be admitted or not. And so that hasn't gone over well with certain conservative members of the state. And so the college Republicans at UC Berkeley, they held a, a bake sale in which they had a different price range for for um, for people of various ethnicities and um both genders. This right. has been and done I at several colleges. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like yeah. uh, uh, like Asians would get uh, a brownie or something for a dollar fifty. Caucasians a dollar, and uh, Latinos and blacks would uh, get it for maybe fifty cents. Something like that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, my question really goes back to what Mark was saying about his view of corporations, of how the government can tax people uh, or tax the corporations since they are entities of the state. Does he also hold that univers- that the states could hold their own like criteria, um, discriminatory criteria against um, people um, because the state, the universities are um, like like products of the state. Well, actually, what I was referring to was uh, taxation in general. I believe taxation on people and their their stuff is wrong. If there is an entity that the uh, states can, um, you know, pro- would properly be able to tax, that would be corporations. I mean, you know, their corporations are creations of the state, so you would be able to states would then be able to tax them. Um, I don't think that the state should be involved in universities. And if the state could only tax corporations, um, you may find that the state would not use some of that tax money in order to fund its universities and cause its state universities to be able to uh, get such a much larger market share than private universities. Um, so I think that uh, that problem may solve itself. Does that make sense, or should, um, do you have any more questions? Yes, it. Thank you. Thanks very much, Terrence. Appreciate the call. 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call in line. 855 450 Zero three seven three three. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. You want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers, too. Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Jason Tally uh, from Tally TV. 
What do you got for us to talk about tonight? You uh, had mentioned uh, something in particular that's slipping my mind. Now. Oh right. Um, so you know the reaction. I, I just got out of a cage. I spent the uh, the weekend there because I was filming in the uh, superior court. And they didn't like that. They didn't like it uh, so much that uh, they handcuffed me and they dragged me uh, by the handcuffs into uh, a holding cell, one for seven hours, and then uh, the rest of the weekend at the uh, county correction facility, where Ian Freeman is actually uh, being held until October 7th. So, uh, yeah, like um, my, the, the main host here, Ian Freeman, is uh, you know participant in civil disobedience. You just uh, just got out of jail cell for doing some civil disobedience, uh, you know. <laughs> We've all here on Free Talk Live done some civil disobedience. So any uh, any advice I have for the folks on Occupy Wall Street um, protests, I have it, you know, from a point of love where I wish to refine their message. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, every everything could be refined, and but the police, what they do is they introduce a lot of chaos in the situations, um, and so people are just going to react naturally uh, probably with a lot of terror um when they're being pepper sprayed or or pushed yeah. some um, of the these pictures of the people getting pepper sprayed were shocking yeah i mean i felt terrorized when um these two men assaulted me for simply trying to bring transparency to the uh, the local courthouse yeah a, and, a, a camera it's a terrible thing yeah it's a camera um it, but they have cameras all over the place but anyway uh so I was very happy to see uh, people being outraged about my treatment, uh, but my case isn't the only one where a videographer has been assaulted um, or arrested. I mean, George John Lee's case happened about a year ago where he was on the sidewalk and uh, and he was arrested. It was it was horrible. Um, but anyway, so people are have been talking about having uh, an international uh, record government day. That, um, people are discussing like what an ideal date would be, but I, I think it's a great idea. Recently in Keene, New Hampshire, we went around to a lot of the government bureaucracies after some um, people were arrested, and they wanted to do like get records, um, videos um, that were taken by the government of the incident, and whatever papers so they could prepare for their defense. And so I went with them and, and took video. And uh, some places were great. The Keene Police Department, the uh, city of Keene, um, very open to cameras, but uh, whenever you want to go uh, into a court and a court where they administer um, these laws that they make, a very important place to have transparency. Um, you know that's when um, they reject them, and um, if you don't leave as fast as they want you to, they will um, you know bark at you, they'll chase you out, or in, in my case, uh, you'll get arrested. Um, so I'd like to, you know, if anybody's interested in uh, International Record Government Day, um, email me, tallytv at gmail.com. Um, I'd like to see who else is, and uh, I'm not going to stop uh, recording. I think it's important. I think it's a very peaceful activity. It brings transparency. Um, like I said, the government has plenty of cameras. They want to point at us, but um, I think it's time that uh, more and more people you know, use the cameras that they carry around with them every day and record their interactions with public servants. Also, if you want to get involved, there's attackwatch.com where you can uh, let folks know if uh, any attacks on the president are untrue. 
The uh, oh. have you seen this website? Um, <laughs> yes, but people are using it just for jokes, right? There are a lot of sarcasm on this. Uh, Somebody this website. has sent the, just uh, IM this to me, and I can't believe what I'm seeing here. <laughs> Attackwatch.com. It says join Attackwire and help stop attacks on the president before they start. When another unfounded attack surfaces, we'll arm you with the uh, mm-hmm. truth so that you can share the facts with your friends and family. Uh, amazing. I'm sorry I got distracted they're, while you're no, talking. No, they're <laughs> all unfounded attacks. There's a lot of hope and change, people. <laughs> right. Everything is okay. You can hope for change. I don't. I think, uh, I think at this point it's pretty much unfounded. It right. seems like a lot of the, the same stuff. So when is this um, international uh, you know, record the government day going to be? Uh, that's up to the people. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... It's uh, like it's just an idea that's out there, but I'm going to participate. I think it's a, a fine idea. I mean, I I carry cameras with me sometimes three um, as I just roll around, and uh, whenever I see, especially law enforcement activity, it's just a good activity to uh, uh, record, um, keep everything transparent, and a lot of times people um, who are engaged in. Um, uh, with the cops, thank me for for doing that. So. Right, I think that uh, folks, that, you know, I think police a that police that uh, don't want to be video recorded may have uh, something to hide, and I find that very disturbing. Mm-hmm. B, when you do videotape uh, police officers, make sure that you give them a little room to do their jobs. Sure. Uh, you know, hopefully they are doing their jobs when you uh, begin recording them. Um, I, you know, if they're they're beating up on somebody or something like that, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to uh, to to ask them some questions about what's going on, but you still want to give these people some room to do what they want. Plus, that way you can get a nice wide shot. Yeah, I would suggest you know just being a reporter and um, you know showing what's going on. the uh, The camera is going to record everything. A lot of times, I'll record live, and it automatically goes to my YouTube account. So I'm trying to be as transparent as possible, and I don't think it's too much to ask to uh, have the government. I mean. Uh, do the same thing. They're being paid by tax dollars. The the justice uh, system is a monopoly, so um, they need a lot of scrutiny. Um, the one in Keene, the one um, where I was arrested for filming, it was um, maybe three months now, where somebody um, set themselves on fire, uh, just right right here, walking distance from where I where I stay. It's yeah, it's shocking stuff. Um, and you know, it was a it was a father who had been kept away from his kids, hadn't seen his kids in ten years over one incident. I don't think that physical um, you know physical discipline is right for me and my family, but. That's not to say that I think that a father that uh, may use even an overly large, you know, have used discipline, physical discipline too much on one incident should be kept from his uh, parents for or excuse me, from his from his children for uh, 10 years. I think that that's just too much. I think um, that recording the government is the only thing that we can do in order to. Uh, you know, put these people on notice. I think that it is, in fact, the communication that is driving the unrest around the world and in this nation. And this is, I've got actually from Gallup.com right here. It's Americans express historic negativity towards government. Princeton, New Jersey, a record high 81% of Americans are dissatisfied with the way the company's being, uh, the, the country is being governed, adding to negativity that has been building over the past 10 years. We actually broke these numbers out, Jason, and if you take out the people in the quote-unquote political class, this number drops to, uh, you know, instead of 19%, it's more like 8-point-something percent of people are upset with the government that believe that there's uh i think it's no legitimate um no legitimacy of being governed or something like that oh right right so anyway it says here um 
on the whole, would you say that you're satisfied or dissatisfied with the way the nation is being governed? 81% report dissatisfaction. Majorities of Democrats and Republicans are dissatisfied with the nation's governance. This perhaps reflects the shared political power arrangement in the nation's capital with Democrats controlling the White House and the Senate and Republicans controlling the House of Representatives. But, of course, previously it was, uh, I mean, you know, these numbers weren't any better when Democrats were in charge of all three of these, and they weren't much better when Republicans were in charge. Let's uh, keep talking about this after the break, if we could. 855-450-FREE. Give us a call if you think you love the government and what they're doing. Because there's got to be somebody out there. 19% of you supposedly do. Anybody? As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Jason. So, Jason, we were going through some numbers here, talking about the dissatisfaction of Americans with their government. And I think that this, in fact, is uh, people around the world and their dissatisfaction with their government. But first, the Ruger's... This has no relation, by the way. The Ruger's new SR-40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR-40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used in so many great Ruger pistols, and offering the same features, including a slim frame, a short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, ambidextrous controls... The SR40C features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or alloy steel slide with Nitrodox Pro Black finish. You can see it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. Again, it's Ruger.com. So, let's go on with this uh, this story here, Jason. But um, can we talk about for a minute? Because okay. we're talking about um, people being very dissatisfied with their government. And it doesn't get it, much more dissatisfied than this. 81% of people are dissatisfied. And I would think for good reason. And then uh, you were reading an advertisement for a, a gun dealer. And so uh, <laughs> a lot of times the, the government uh, and people think, well, the, you know, the first thing that you do when you're uh, dissatisfied, if you're going to um, change things... Uh, for a lot of people, is grab a gun, and we're going to have a revolution. In the state of New Hampshire, there's Article 10, the right to revolution. And, uh, you know, a lot of um, people that uh, I consider allies and friends, you know, they're peaceful people. They're peace activists, uh, as well as liberty activists. And um, for my bail conditions, for the audacity to record in uh, a court lobby, um, one of the bail conditions was that I can't touch guns or explosives. Uh, <laughs> 
Can't touch explosives, huh? Right. It, well, you know, it's interesting. The, uh, the combustion engine has explosions going on it. Uh, I think about 8,000 in, in a four-cylinder vehicle going uh, 2,000 RPMs, you'd have about 8,000 explosions per minute. So what you're telling me is I can't drive. I guess so. Oh, that's terrible. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I think that, first off, uh, <laughs> we have uh, researched this pretty thoroughly on Free Talk Live, and i got to say I was a gun polisher at one point. You know, Well, if you, can't, if you can't use the ballot box, you better get ready to use the bullet box, that kind of yeah. uh, you know, guy. And it's a terrible way to see change. Yeah. A terrible way. It means the guy with the biggest guns is the one who's going to win. Also, government has the biggest guns, so they're tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've read a book. Um, we had a book, an author on on the show that we interviewed, and uh, she did a book on this, and basically pointed out that civil action is three times more effective than military action or violent action in seeing change. Yeah. If yeah. you want, and and by the way, it's getting more and more so because governments are getting better at handle handling uh, violent uprisings, and they really don't know what to do with civil uprisings because they can't use violence in the same way. Exactly. See, see how shocking it is that they use some stinking pepper spray on some, you know. I mean, this isn't pepper spray isn't much when you're talking about things going on in Syria and stuff like that. Um, but they pepper sprayed a few activists in New York City who have, uh, you know, apparently, uh, according to them, blocking traffic and all that other. stuff stuff and people are outraged by it that just goes to show how difficult the cover government has in dealing with how much difficulty the government has in dealing with people um who are non-violent they they well they know how they respond with violence but you know that's not that they know how that actually that's what you want them to do frankly because when they uh, when they respond with violence it shows them for the organization that they are well right exactly i mean the, it shows the violence inherent in the system all the time the book you were talking about is why civil resistance works that's it, yeah. and the author is erica chinowith and actually uh, dave ridley made some videos from that episode of free talk live he liked it so much and, it's a really great episode oh yeah it really is um, and so I, I really recommend it, and I, I agree with um, what she was talking about. Uh, peaceful tactics. They don't know how to uh, to handle it. Uh, you know, uh, taking video that's peaceful, uh, dancing, singing, uh, doing things like that, um, as opposed to polishing those guns. I mean, it's funny that they would make that um, stipulation for my bail. I haven't touched a gun really. Since I, I was in the Air Force, touching guns for them. You're right. You just did it for them. <laughs> Last time I touched a gun, it was for them. Yeah. Let's go to Nick in Illinois. Nick. Hi. What's on your mind? I listened to that call last night that referred to me, but I didn't get my material ready in time to get on the air. Uh, Bordop, could you turn up Nick's volume here? I've been having trouble hearing uh, callers all along, and I, I need uh, a little more volume for, for Nick, if you would, please. Yeah, Nick, give us some context for what you're talking about. Well, uh, in particular, he and you made mention of the exit tax that uh, people must pay to leave the United States, which goes to show that we are certainly not free to leave the United States when people say love it or leave it. But I'm pretty sure that you would agree that even if the government did in fact give you a free plane ticket to anywhere in the world, you wouldn't suddenly say, yep, well, now that that's been established, anyone who decides to stay here in the United States clearly consents to all the government's rules. Yeah, it's, it uh, seems it seems ludicrous to me that that's uh, you know that that that, that is uh, what uh, you know uh, dictates consent. Right, uh, exactly, and the the reason why is is because that's not what consent means. And I think I found out why this has been such a such a sticking point in the arguments between libertarianism and statism. It's the nature of what consent is versus what an agreement is. 
Okay. People, people mistake the agreement itself for consent, but according to contract theory, that's not the way it goes. Contracts exist and have, have justification because they rest upon the consent of the signers, and it no longer has legitimacy as soon as you remove consent. That's why you can't sign yourself into true slavery, because slavery is something that you cannot consent to be in. But a contract relies on consent, so as soon as you no longer consent, the contract is null and void, and so your slavery ends. Read that last uh, sentence by me. I'm having a lot of audio problems with you. I don't know if it's your uh, phone connection or what. Um, I I don't know how far back to start from. The last sentence. I don't remember that you can't name. sign yourself into slavery. Right, you can't sign yourself into slavery because contract theory says that an agreement only has validity so long as both parties constantly consent to it, and as soon as that consent is removed, the contract no longer has validity. Well, the definition of slavery is that's something that you don't consent to be in. So you can't contract yourself into slavery because as soon as you stop consenting, the contract is null and void, and so the slavery becomes. I've always wondered this. This is a uh, this is kind of a, a sticking issue in the liberty movement. Is can you make an agreement where for per, perhaps you put up as collateral, you know, hard labor for ten years if you fail to uh, reach the agreement? So, for instance, if you have been such a bad, um, per, you know, payer backer of debts that you say, well, if you give me a thousand dollars, I'll either pay you back, um, you know, a hundred dollars a month for twenty months. Or you can put me into hard labor until you get it out of me, or something like that. Well, and then, put, go ahead. Well, simply put, they just have to trust that you'll keep your word. I mean, this is how it's, you know, people don't believe in debtors' prisons, so I think people understand this on a very fundamental level. That's why, you know, we have credit ratings and things. That's because, you know, you can't owe a debt that you no longer agree to. But, you know, the, the flip side of that is that people don't have to do business with you if they think you're just going to break all your contracts. Sure, but what about that that group of people that um, people believe aren't going to uh, keep their, their debts and therefore, um, you, you know, I mean, shouldn't they have the right to essentially indenture themselves for whatever purpose it is that they want to indenture themselves for in order to get that one last deal that might pull them up out of the mire? Uh, according to contract theory, that's a logical impossibility. I mean, you could do that, but it wouldn't be just, and you would just kind of have to, you know, it's like, well, I agreed to the slavery, and then the guy keeps you in the slavery, and you just have to hope that somebody will come and rescue you, I guess, if you're being forcibly kept there. I'll tell you, one of the things about indentured servitude um, in the past here, and it had a long history in the United States, is essentially uh, they would attempt to lengthen your period as punishment for whatever um, things they felt like you were doing wrong in the um, in, in the, the the servitude so you know you'd come out you'd say get a five-year sentence or whatever and then things would happen and they'd try to bump it up a year every once in a while in order to keep you enslaved forever Nick do you have more yeah 855-450-3733 free talk live Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. 
My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here, 855-450-3733. Might be able to slip your call in here on the last segment of Free Talk Live. If you've been watching Gold and Silver in the last few days, you've seen a precipitous drop in the uh, prices of uh, gold and silver. And I don't know about the rest of the precious metals, but... It might be a good time to pick some up, whereas silver was forty dollars, you know, forty dollars, forty-two dollars a couple of weeks ago. Now it's thirty-one. That's a twenty-five percent discount. If you believe that silver is going to go back up, as I do, gold. I think there's even a bigger buy um, to be had in gold. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com. We have uh, teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some of the best rates on handpicked gold and silver pieces. And you can go there and uh, take a look at what we've got. Also, not only you'll be getting some great rates, but you'll be helping Free Talk Live, too. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Nick in Illinois. Nick? Hi. We were talking about the idea that people consent to a place's rules by virtue of staying there. And I suggested that we would agree that even if the U.S. offered you a free ride out of the country, we wouldn't say that that means that anyone who chooses to stay is obviously consenting to all the rules of a place. And... uh, Well, I think I've identified why it is that people get confused into thinking that staying in a place equals tacit consent. Quite simply, I think it's a case of confusing what is currently true with what is right. The truth of the reality that we witnessed in our everyday lives is that when people go to a place, they follow the rules. The act of following rules looks like consent from the outside. But consent is not how you act on the outside. It's what's in your heart. Otherwise, we would say that when a person hands over their wallet at gunpoint that they were doing so, quote, of their own well, consenting, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and likewise, you know, when you go to a when you go to a dictatorship, like when a journal goes to a to a dictatorship, that doesn't mean that they're consenting to being thrown in prison for taking pictures in the wrong place. That much is true. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I wonder is, you know, if only seventeen percent of the or nineteen percent of the people right now consent to be governed, then even people who say that, oh, it's not about individual consent, it's about collective consent, I wonder how anyone can justify. Our current government, as we have it right now, with such a low uh, approval number, right? And, and that's the the claim is that that's the number of people that uh, you know eighty something percent of people do not believe the government uh, has uh, the consent of the governed. But in fact, if you take the number out, um, the number of politicians, the political class out, you'll actually find that it's more like ninety two percent of people, um, ninety one to ninety two percent of people believe that uh, the there's there is no consent of the governed any longer, and it's it's an interesting number, and it seems like interesting times, and I predicted some time ago on Free Talk Live, and um, I'm ready to back it up, um, that people are going to find that, first, 
the Republicans, um, you know, they, 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 were, they had all we had all Republicans in from 2000 to 2006. Then we had all Democrats in from 2008 to 2010. So they've seen both of these parties in action. Now it looks like the the Tea Party is going to have a big effect on the Republicans. So maybe you'll have the Tea Party um, in some level of control, and people are going to see that this system simply isn't interested in changing. So. They're going to see what government's all about, and is there going to be something of some kind of huge sea change in America? I hope so, because it certainly needs it. It's almost broke. I'm skeptical. I mean, we keep bouncing back between political parties, and uh, Obama is the third term of the Bush administration. Nick, thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Brian in Louisiana. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? I love your show. Thank you. I, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to point that point out by Mister Fascist Man there. The uh, the, the uh, Scott the bigot who called in the first hour. Yes. Oh man, that that uh, yeah. He's really anyway, something, isn't he? It, it actually scared me. Yeah. And I'm not one to easily be scared. That the. the Let's put it like this. There's somewhere in this man's life that he didn't take an opportunity or he didn't have the guts to go do something or he didn't have the wherewithal to go get more education or just, you know, he, he didn't make the right decision. Well, at some po- at some point in his life, an international Jew wrong- <laughs> wronged they wronged him in some way, and, um, you know, he hasn't uh, been able to make it right. <laughs> Now, I guarantee you, if somebody walked up to him and handed him a check for $2 million, that I, that he would never share a penny of it. Yeah. You know, All right, it, and here's another... I'm sorry. It's pretty clear that hate's eating uh, Scott the Bigot up, and I get the impression that lots of bad things have happened in his life. He's said that. I, he may even be some kind of disabled guy sitting and stewing in his uh, basement, for all I know. Um, you know, it's it, it it's a pathetic life, and I think that people need to look at just how pathetic hate makes you, and that's the reason that we let guys like Scott the Bigot on the radio. Well, he endorsed uh, the Nazi regime in Germany, so he's uh, that was a very hateful regime, so, and he wants that for America uh, to take care of I this. I figured out what... Yeah. I'm sorry. No, go, go right ahead. Go for it. I figured out... I figured out what he does all day. He sits and watches a history camp. <laughs> all right. Another thing on police officers, um, idiot cops, or as I like to call it, my trucking business. All right. y'all. You're, Thank you. You're I an American hero. Uh, here, these DOT officers, Mr. Tommy Tactical Cop comes out there. You know, I've actually had them... Uh, uh, you know, well, control your animal, I'll kill it, because I'm going to see what's inside of your, your calf. God. I've actually had them say that. I mean, and I'm like, yeah, sorry. I locked the door, and I have thrown the keys in the pussy. My I mean, God. DOT cops are, are, are the absolute worst. And, like, yep. they're, they're, the, these regular cops are taking cues from the, you know, uh, uh, Department of Transportation cops. Uh, it's just, it's sad. It's so sad. And you guys, keep up the good fight. I love you. 
Thank you for the call, Brian. Yeah, Appreciate it. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. You know when they have those heart rending uh, commercials where they they fly the flag behind the servicemen and that kind of thing, and they play the music that makes you you know a little tear well up in your eye. I think they should have truckers there because I mean for for me really, yeah. they, they truly do keep America moving. And um, I I love our trucker listeners. Let's go to Captain Ned in Florida. Captain Ned. Hey guys, uh, day forty nine, uh, free and Freeman. Indeed, we are on day 49 of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up. Well, he's confined for public display in a cage, nothing worse. You know, well, hey, you guys are killing me tonight. The explosives combined an internal combustion engine, man. I I can't (laughs) stop laughing. (laughs) That is an explosion, isn't it? I I guess. I guess I can't drive. Technically, it's a parole violation. You know how many felonies you commit in a day? Right, they, 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 they say there's a book out there called Three Felonies a Day, and they say the average exactly. American commits three felonies. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what they back it up with. Uh, some of the examples I've seen don't really fit for me, but, uh, you know. Well, there's, there's number four. <laughs> right. Now we're all in possessions of explosives. Yeah, nothing better than following a fellow driver, you know, and he's right about those DOT cops. Uh, the old dogs are teaching the new dogs new tricks, you know. Indeed. <laughs> you know, I've, I've heard that the DOT cops can be, uh, you know, can be a real pain to deal oh, with. Oh, man, they're, they're rough, man. I've, I've dealt with many of them, you know. You what do you think? You just got to. What do you think's worse, the, co- the Coast Guardies, the Coasties coming onto your boat, oh, poking man, around? That's, or the... that, that's a toss up, man. I mean, they're, they're both uh, peas in a pod, you know what I mean? You know, but, uh, I, I wonder about hunters. Hunters claim that uh, the the forestry police folks are the, hey, the most those, powerful and, and most di- difficult those to deal with. Wildlife guys too, man. I've seen a lot of them guys pulled out of the water, uh, waiting in the river by gunpoint. You know what I mean? It's all uh, it's all Big Brother, man. And you see what the Federal Reserve's doing. They don't like anybody talking about them. You've, you're absolutely right. This is a story we didn't get to tonight. Um, as a matter of fact, it says here from the economiccollapseblog.com, the Federal Reserve plans to identify key bloggers and monitor billions of conversations about the Fed on Facebook, you know Twitter, forums, and blogs. And I can only assume the reason that they're monitoring is, uh, you know, maybe maybe they want to put out a new PR campaign and address all the issues that people have with them. Uh, I doubt that. Yeah. Are they going to shut <laughs> so down? Your breath on that one. Are they going to shut uh, down hey, the? As, a, they, they, as a disclaimer, I touched a gun today. Uh, you know, I, I got to come out and say that you touched a gun today. Yeah, I touched one. <laughs> well, it's, it's all right. You can touch. You can touch all of them you want, as long as the uh, as long as the government hasn't decided you're one of the persons that isn't allowed to touch one. Well, you know what, man? I'm a shotgun freak, and if people say, "Hey, Captain Ned, when the when the Chinese come over our walls, what do you, what do you want to have?" and I say, yeah, Twelve gauge auto loader with some buckshot, man. You can't beat that. I don't think the Chinese are going to come over the walls. I think they've bought oh, them. Oh, they're yeah. coming, man. They're yeah. on the way. They, they all want us, man. <laughs> Captain Ned, thanks for the call. Okay. 855, why am I giving out the telephone number? Three minutes. Free Talk Live. (laughs) Thanks for listening. You know, I'm um, of the opinion that the the takeovers don't have to do with guns anymore. If the Chinese want to come over here and trade and, you know, be neighbors, let's do it. Yeah. Free Talk Live. It's been Mark with you. And Jason. You can uh, check out Free Talk Live in the meantime. 